0: You're listening to Confident Chaos Podcast with Dr. Tiffany and lawyer Lisa. Listen as we talk about anything and everything that you know to be your truth. Today we're going to be talking about conflict. How do you identify conflict? How do you deal with conflict? And what are some ways to avoid and cope confidently with whatever conflict you're dealing with in your personal life and in your professional life? Listen as we talk about some of the tools that Tiffany and I have used professionally and how to deal with conflict.
1: Hey guys, welcome back. We're now on episode 11. And today we're going to be talking about conflict and how we recognize conflict, how we deal with conflict, how other people deal with conflict. Um, And I think Lisa's got a lot to say on this because she's a lawyer. So obviously all she does every day is deal with conflict. I deal with complaints. I don't really know if I deal with conflict as much as you do.
0: Definitely a lot of conflict. I mean, this issue can relate to so many different issues. (laughs) I mean, we could talk about it related to school. We could talk about it related to COVID issues. We could talk about it related to just two people sitting in a room and having difference of opinions and just not being able to resolve it in any meaningful way. But I thought this was an interesting topic right now, considering the fact that parents are making the decision of what they're going to do as far as taking your kids back to school if your school's open, or which most of Broward and Palm Beach County school is not going to be open. So parents are now having to make the decision of what are they going to do with virtual school? How is that going to work? So as a family lawyer, I deal with this, you're right, every day, all day. I mean, it's late in the evening now and I'm still dealing with it, you know, with different clients, but I wanted to talk about it from the perspective of what is a positive approach to dealing with this these different types of conflict. And we all have personal conflicts, obviously, and then there's, you know, professional conflicts. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about from a lawyer's perspective and a doctor's perspective, what type of conflict we deal with every day and what are some possible, we're not psychologists here obviously, but what are some possible ways that people could deal with conflict without causing their stress level to go through the roof and becoming your patient, Tiffany? Oh,
1: well, I'll take their money.
0: Well, they're going to need you. <laughs> that's the thing. They're going to need you. I can't tell you how many times during a day I talk to someone that's a, you know, a client. Sometimes it's lawyers that I'm dealing with that are dealing with the issues as the attorney on the case, and they're just a mess. You know, They can't deal with the issues at hand. They're mixing emotions with you know, the way they should be interpreting the law. But at the end of the day, everybody's suffering because cases aren't getting resolved. Clients are getting upset. Their bills are astronomical. Sometimes people can't pay these high bills. And what's really getting done at the end of the day? And then they're huffing and puffing. I'm hearing stories of kids, teenagers, especially this week, it's been what I've been hearing. Teenagers are getting rushed to the ER with, you know, super high blood pressure and anxiety issues, which is turning potentially into mental health issues, which can affect their heart, right?
1: So you know, it's funny when we were talking, kind of planning a little bit. And we, so just so the audience knows, we try not to plan too much ahead of time because then we yeah. we don't we, we don't have any spontaneity whenever we're on the air. But I totally didn't even think about this pre- previous. You know, I, I I told you I'm taking a mediation course. Yeah, you
0: did. That so, was an interesting.
1: Yeah, I I actually am. A, a, I'm gonna pat myself on the back for a second. I'm actually a pretty good problem solver, especially I when I get you. two people like together in a room. Um, And I've had some experience with it, actually. So um, this is kind of something I actually enjoy. And I think part of the problem with conflict, there's a few. One, people's egos get in the way. That's a a big problem. And I think uh, alongside that, um, people and, and opposing parties, we'll put it that way, are unwilling to see the other person's point of view. And if you can just kind of break it down and simplify it and truly try and understand the other person's point of view, it's like I've said in another podcast, you know, it, it, people's perception of reality, people's opinions are their own perceptions of their own reality. Absolutely. Right? So it's whatever they're living in their world. So it's not always easy to see someone else's perspective if you, you know, if, if a millionaire has got a problem and, and you're broke, right? Yeah, or, or, or on the flip side of that. And so sometimes you have to break it down to just the the very core of what the problem is and take away everything else that's causing someone to have kind of that opinion. Um,
0: Or the factors that aren't relevant to... Creating the opinion, yeah, but they focus on the stuff that's not important, and that causes more stress and correct. anxiety than actually solving correct. the problem. Correct,
1: correct. Like, like I said before, with the schools reopening, it's the right. same thing. Like, why are we just now discussing this? Yeah, <laughs> this has <laughs> been on. going on for four months. Way so, to procrastinate. In medicine, I think you look. We have obviously um, in the hospital. We have our own like intra physician communication issues, and that causes strife. Uh, um, sometimes, like who's going to admit the patient to the hospital? Like, oh, okay. I'll give you an example. Like someone comes in and you know, they have appendicitis. Like I don't want to admit that patient. I'm not a surgeon. I'm not taking out the appendix. Right. So sometimes that's the issues that we get into in the hospital. And, and, and a lot of times it comes down to, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours type of thing. Um, and so uh,
0: you mean from the doctors trying to decide who's going to admit which patient and and cover
1: for each other. Exactly. Exactly. So again, that comes down to core communication, friendships, Social IQ, which is rid- like oh, yeah. ridiculously low in a lot of physicians, like that's social crazy. intelligence. Um, and then obviously dealing with family issues. Whenever the patient's in the hospital, right. someone's unhappy, they escalate to administration. And, you know, being able to really reconcile those problems from mm-hmm. a an unhappiness standpoint, maybe not unhappy that, not with their medical care, but unhappy with the communication, unhappy with something that someone's doing. and right. you know, So that's kind of in, in the medical field, how we have to kind of deal with, conflict, I guess.
0: Right. Well, and I think the way a, a patient is being treated also affects the family as well, right? Yes, of course. I mean, the family's going to have their own opinions and then the doctors and the staff have to deal with that. And I, and you also have a hierarchy of authority, right? Yes. You know, yeah. like who's going to admit which patient and why and how, and right. I, I'm sure there's a whole plethora of, Oh, you don't even know. Doctor it, it, I mean, drama, I, had my own,
1: I had my own conflict with that this week. Like I'm not like, you operated, and then the patient came, came back with a post-operative complication. Like, that doesn't go to me, dude. That goes to you. <laughs> like, and you yeah. it's, your, it's your surgery. So, you know, right. but again, how did I resolve that conflict? I directly communicated with that person. Whereas other people go straight to administration and say, well, doctor so-and-so is causing me a problem. No, I, I got, you know, I couldn't. I was actually in a meeting, so I couldn't pick up the phone and call, but I texted this person and said, listen, this is your problem, and you need to deal with it. And that's it. I'm not, you know, I feel like a lot of times people... Escalate the problem unnecessarily because they don't want to deal with it one on one. And that's that's the
0: issue. Oh, let's talk about that for a minute. That's you need a, to approach it head point. on. So a lot of people don't want to deal with a problem head on in my experience for a couple reasons. Number one, because they don't know how to approach the subject one on one. A lot of people I just don't think have the communication skills, maybe the intelligence. I feel like people, Maybe complain, their pride gets in the way. They complain in the background, but then they don't want to deal with conflict.
1: Yeah, because a lot of
0: people can't. Right. They just can't deal. A lot of people just crumble under pressure. And, you know, you have to know your strengths and your weaknesses and what is going to be a productive way for you to communicate how you feel. I've always said since day one, I'm a big communicator. I think a lot You're of that. You're
1: actually slightly annoyingly communicative.
0: It's too much, right? <laughs> no, it's okay. You can admit it. I, I mean, my husband would probably agree with you. <laughs> That's okay, but again, we talked about how you were raised, so I'm a middle child, I'm a classic middle child, uh, definition of a middle child with middle child syndrome, and I'm the daughter of a clinical psychologist, so from the time, feelings, from the time my sisters and I were able to talk and put words together, and I went to speech therapy for a long time, so that's a whole other subject for another day, but my parents both taught us, you have to communicate, you have to tell people how you feel, and yeah, maybe it's too much, but for me I don't think there's ever a way to communicate too much as long as you're being respectful about it. So you let know me, what I mean?
1: Let me ask you a question on that. So, you know, again, in kind of my my own mental preparation for for our kind of topic today. Sure. Do you ever feel like though like for me I have, you know, a handful of friends, one or two in particular at the top of my head that you kind of know that you're not going to get anywhere quickly with. And so you choose to either, I don't want to say not communicate, but you, you choose your words differently. You choose your words more carefully because you just feel like that you're never going to get the response out of them that you want. Like, and I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Um, and, and I feel like, I feel like that's part of learning how to be a good Um, uh, person who I should say, someone who resolves conflict better, or just realizing that sometimes you're just not going to win. And it's not—I know it's not about winning and losing, but sometimes you feel like you need to get out what you need to get out. But I've got a a few friends in particular that I—I can't—I just—I just just don't.
0: Well, a lot of people shut down. You know, they emotionally and you know physically they shut down and they don't want to talk about subjects that are either difficult for them to approach or. They just don't want to deal with it. You know, it's like the whole concept of brushing an issue under the rug. I just feel like some people truly just don't even... They they cannot see the other person's perspective. Oh, yeah. And that's where I have my problem. I, I would agree with that. And that, you know, that's a big problem in family court. Because when you're parents and you have kids together you might not like the other person, you might hate their guts, you still have to communicate with them and you have to figure out a way to effectively communicate so that they understand what your perspective is without running to court every five, you know, every five seconds and causing you know, a ridiculous amount of litigation for no reason. But when it comes to being able to resolve conflict, I agree, communication is number one. And some people are really poor at communicating. So, for me, in my personal life and in my professional life, when I'm dealing with someone that is very poor at communicating, I really make it an issue for me to try to figure out a way to communicate with them in whatever means is possible in order to get a response. So, what do I mean? An example. If someone is really, you know, it's a busy day, a busy work day, you know, and they've got a million things going on, and a lot of people in my life can't really multitask effectively. So, if that's the case, and I'm one that you and I both are people that have to multitask constantly, multiple things going on at the same time. We have to be good at it. I think a lot of working moms and even you know, moms that don't work, there's a lot of multitasking going on. That you got to figure it out, you right. know what I mean? Can't cry about it, you just got make to it, make it work, right? So I try to figure out the best time of day to communicate with these people to get a response. Not a blow up fight, not a whole negative reaction, but you know, there's stuff you got to talk about and you have to figure out the best time or maybe the best place to bring it up to, to be able to resolve the issue. Because at the end of the day, you got to resolve conflict in one way or another. Another thing you were mentioning about, um, you know, people just not being able to communicate. I also try to figure out which people I'm dealing with, the ones that just focus on one issue and they can't see past that. You know, they just obsess over one particular issue that might be really important to it's them. rumination. Oh, is that what it, yeah. yeah
1: really? Yeah. When you ruminate about something, when you think about it and think about it and think about it and think about it and you cannot like deal with anything else. It's rumi- it's called rumination. Oh, I was thinking it's like yeah. just an
0: obsession, but I guess it's probably related to that. Yeah. So, you know, I try to say to those people, you got to see the forest through the trees. Right. I tell my clients that all the time and they're like, what do you mean? Well, think about it. You know, this isn't one tree. You got a whole forest here that you got to get through. You can't just focus on one tree. It's so, the big try- picture. The big picture, you know, like look at what are you trying to accomplish here and how are we going to be able to do that? I give you a lot of credit because I could never mediate. Never. I I could not mediate. Oh, I love it. I think there's certain personalities that are really good at mediation. There's a lot of mediators that are not good at their job. And I deal all all my cases pretty much. 95% of them have to mediate before they go in front of a judge. So I see all different personalities, you know, and the very meek individuals that can't even portray their own opinion about an issue, they probably shouldn't mediate. (laughs) How you shouldn't be taking people's money and mediating when you just can't formulate your own thoughts. Well, I think, too, you need to know
1: your audience. And by that, I mean, look, I have friends like you where I can just bring a problem to you and we're going to sit down. We're going to hash it out. We're going to figure it out. Right. Then you've got the friend that like I, I have one. friend, I have to sit down and say, listen, please, please. I need your undivided attention. For ten minutes, I need you to please put your phone down. I yeah. need to undivide because that's the only way this person understands how important it is. Because the otherwise, phone has to be placed. Yeah, well, it's, it's more like I need your undivided attention. If I just say, "Hey, listen, I got a problem. I want to talk to you about it," it's like for this person, it's just like there's too There's much. a lot of problems can't going multi- on, and they can't right? multitask. So there's no multitasking, and like they don't understand the the significance of the issue, right? So I have to say, "Listen, I need your undivided attention for ten minutes, please." Does it work? And then it and it works because it's like i need to focus like it's so like so you've identified focus.
0: what you need and you've identified the best way to communicate with that and person and i think that's a
1: lot of what this is like i tell my residents at the hospital one of the best things i want them to one of the things i want them to learn from me because you can you can learn medicine in a textbook right. you cannot learn how to communicate with people in a textbook and Agreed. one fault that they teach students in medical school is you have to they use the word treat. They have to treat everybody the same. Do you treat everybody the same? Yes. Meaning that do you give everyone the same level of respect? Do you give everyone the same level of knowledge? Do you? Yes. But you cannot communicate with everybody the same way. No.
0: Because agreed. people have different no
1: socioeconomic statuses. People have different intelligence. Everybody. Different backgrounds. Everybody listens differently. Everybody communicates differently. And so I tell them when they're rounding with me, I want you guys to listen to the way I talk to people. You need to learn how to read their body language. If they get, you know, if they kind of sit up and they get stiff, like you need to back off for a second because they're getting upset, you know, right. If they're smiling and laughing and their arms are open, then they're more willing for you to be a more friendly role than a more doctor role. Right. So you have to learn. I'm going to communicate differently with an 80 year old woman than I am a 22 year old kid right I should sure. say kid but you yeah. know so yeah. and I teach them that and I think that's part of conflict resolution too is knowing your audience who are you talking to like no nobody knows your friends better than you know your friends so you should know that you can't talk to friend A the same way you talk to friend B Yeah, it's just can't even you talk know. to my
0: two kids the same way I mean we're totally different opposite personalities you know but you and I respond talk- differently you and I talked
1: about this Yeah, when we, we were talking about something that I don't remember who we were talking we were talking about something and I was like I think I probably just would have waited till the next day you yeah. know like I would have let that blow over for the night because that's not going to get anywhere quickly yeah. and oh, yeah. then address it the way you were going to address it. But like after other said person has like cooled off from oh, yeah. I don't oh, even yeah. remember who it was. You probably, uh, I don't even remember. I don't, it don't anyway. remember
0: either, but I mean, it, this rings true for your kids. This rings true for your clients. This rings true for your friends. I, and I, I think a lot of people just get frustrated, you know, when they don't get the response that they want right away and then they give up and whatever that, you know, when you give up, you're almost failing on your ability to resolve conflict which in my opinion, doesn't always, but it can certainly create more conflict and make the situation worse and stir and stir. And what about the people that just refuse to communicate and they put you on mute basically for days?
1: I call that hitting the okay button. My ex-husband used to do that. He'd be like, okay, like what you want to piss somebody off in the middle of a fight, all women out there, let me tell you what to do. Okay. Just look at them dead in the eye and go, okay. But you have to say it super sarcastically and then just walk away. Because it's like, is that okay, good? Is it okay, bad? What does that mean? What does okay mean? I pulled that shit one time before. It worked awesome. Just say,
0: okay. And just walk away. And walk away. And then they're probably stirring. Yeah, that's the one great thing I learned how
1: to. Yeah. yeah. You
0: learned something positive Uh from your first marriage. Mm -hmm. Probably more than one thing, but.
1: Yeah, that's we'll a good thing. One. That's,
0: yeah. a, that's a good pro. Hey, okay. why not? Okay. We'll that's, just, if I say okay, I, the am, team. I am beyond pissed off if I say okay and walk away. Like one beyond. for the team. Well, I mean, you just said I was slightly annoying with how much I <laughs> communicate. If I'm not communicating, anybody who knows me knows I am so upset and angry. You can't I can't even, get even, your words even out. put words in my mouth to communicate how I feel. And for me, that's like a 10. You know, some people just blow up and scream and yell. For me, maybe middle child syndrome, I don't know. I just learned to just keep my mouth shut and just deal with it later. But, you know, everybody's different. You know, everybody has, you know, different ways of figuring out what they want. But as far as um, you know, conflict goes, I also wanted to touch on conflict as far as in your in a in your professional career. You know, how do you identify a conflict? Conflicts could be like I can't take this case because I have a conflict with Oh yeah. you know, the the I've spoken to or represented the husband at one point while well, I can't ever communicate with the wife again because I'm conflicted off from that particular case. So I wanted to share a story. I was talking to a good friend of mine um, the other day, a male, and he was talking to me about some of the issues that he has with his three kids and um, his wife and um, not bad stuff, but just, you know, normal daily conflict with families and stuff. And we were talking about representing people that know people that you know no, you know, to potentially obviously as an attorney and a doctor, you have privilege. So right. you can't talk about right. what your clients tell you no matter what period. But you know, you don't know what your client might be saying about you or what's going on in their case to somebody else, which could then of course, you know, spiral into all kinds of issues. So a couple years ago, not the school my kids are at now, but a couple years ago, I was approached by a teacher at um, one of my daughter's schools about representing them in a family case and I, usually had a rule no I'm not doing that no it just causes issues that was my gut you know trust your gut right we talked about that Mm -hmm. well in this case I didn't and I ended up taking the case well I didn't have any uh, contact really with the children because I try not to get involved with the kids and my kids were a different age than this particular lady's children so we really didn't interact that much at the school but what ended up happening is I took her case and it was very a uh, highly uh, con- contradictory case. We had all kinds of issues that were in court. We were in court all the time. It was like a week didn't go by and we didn't have a court hearing. You know, it was crazy. And every little thing popped up. So I was like, okay, we're fine. We're dealing with court, no issues. She understood my boundaries that whenever I see you, if I do see you on, on school campus, you don't talk about your case. Right. I thought it was understood. I felt like I communicated pretty good about that. So we're at my daughter's um, Christmas show, you know, Excited, you're watching your kid perform. You know she's singing songs. On, I'm focused on my daughter, right? right? And all of a sudden, I get a tap on the back of my shoulder. I'm like, "That's kind of weird." I'm like, videoing what I can. And as I'm doing that, she is literally in my ear, the client, talking to me all about her divorce case. And who's sitting two rows behind her? No, the, the ex. ex and the ex's entire family. So And she's just going on and on and on and on. So and she, she was triggered. Completely, right? And I felt like maybe she, something must have happened that evening, but she saw me sitting there, so she just wanted to start talking about it. Totally inappropriate. Turned and I said, you know, hey, guess what? I'm watching my daughter perform. This is really not appropriate right now. She didn't like it. She got upset. You know, I thought I communicated that pretty good, but that happens to me a lot, you know, in different situations. And I feel like you have to establish boundaries because conflicts can pop up all the time. Yeah, you know, uh I think I I call that setting
1: realistic expectations, and I talk about that a lot in my office. So I guess I try and avoid conflict head on before it even happens. So I'll give you an example, like my patients with high blood pressure. I tell them, I see my high blood pressure patients every six months. So they had their initial visit on January 1st. I need to see you by the end of June. You need to be in it by the end of June. Because if I don't do that, like, I just need my meds. Like, that's not the way any of this works. Just write me a script, doc. Just write the script. Go ahead, And I understand that some people, but I don't do that. Maybe you gain weight. Maybe you lost weight. Maybe something happened. I need to, I need. So even if they're stable. So I set that expectation up front so they know that I'm not going to refill their meds. And I feel like, and there's a lot of ways that I do. I'll say, you need your echocardiogram before your next visit. Like, I set the expectation up front. That avoids a lot of conflict on the back end. Another example. Do they comply, though? Yes, because because it's already understood from day one. You know, if someone comes in the hospital and something happens and they were diagnosed with cancer, like I set the expectation up front. We do not give inpatient chemotherapy. That is an outpatient thing. We don't give it unless it's like an acute leukemia, in which case, like, because mm-hmm. otherwise, it's you're gonna get more sick. Your immune system's depressed. Like, there's a whole nother system for that. Right. Because otherwise, once they get diagnosed, they're like, well, "What do you mean I'm not getting treatment right now?" So I set the expectation up front. Right. So the question, so you know, I, I tell my husband, I tell, I tell my residents too. Sometimes if you just take 20 minutes on the first day, and I know that everyone wants to get out of the hospital, but if you take 20 minutes on the first day, it will save you an hour on the back end. I agree with that. Trying to like explain why for the past five days you haven't been doing something or have been sure. doing something else. So yeah. just spend the time up front and it'll save you a lot of strife on the back and end. And stress, you yes. know, when they
0: don't understand what yeah. you told them to do and why they didn't do it. I mean, I do that in consultations with clients up front. I, I, and I have it pretty clear, as you can imagine, my communication, you know, <laughs> I put it in writing in the retainer agreement, <laughs> what your expectations are as my client right. and what my expectat- what your expectations are of me as your attorney. And if it doesn't work on either end, we're done. The relationship is severed. We move on, whatever. But people don't necessarily establish boundaries from the beginning. And when you think about, I don't want to just necessarily focus on divorce because that's my professional life. We deal with a lot of that in my office, but you know, in your personal life too, if you don't establish boundaries with your friends, with your spouse, you know, with your family members, you're literally going to get walked all over. I agree. People are going to take advantage of you. And it's difficult because once it happens, most people don't want to realize, well, how is this happening to me? What's going on? You didn't establish clear boundaries from the beginning. So nobody really knew where you stood on that issue.
1: I mean, my way of doing that is I tell people kind of like my pet peeves and things that bother me, like well up front, like in the up front of a relationship, up front of a friendship. Like once I know you're going to be one of my ride or dies, like let me explain to you the twelve things that annoy the shit out of me.
0: Oh, you just like, so oh, we don't lay it like, out there. So we
1: don't like, or if it happens to happen, I'll say, okay, yeah, that's future one of the ones. reference. That's one of the ones that annoys me. That's like, annoying. <laughs> I hate repeating myself. It drives me insane. If you're not, if you are not at a point where you can listen to what I'm saying, just turn to me and say, give me a second. I'm in the middle of something. What did you and, just say? Right. That. <laughs> I mean, it drives me freaking bonkers, like bonkers, 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 bonkers.
0: Is it because so, it just, it's a time waster for you or what um, is it about just, it that makes you I just you feel upset?
1: because I, if I'm opening my mouth to tell you something, it's important to me. So and you should be listening. Yeah. The otherwise, first yeah, the first time, otherwise just turn and say, listen, give me a second. I got to return an email. I'm not going to be offended. If you right. say that, I'm going to be more offended when you ask me seven times what I told you an hour ago.
0: Cause it was important to you and they should find it important as well. Yes. Yes, I, so you know, you, do you have like a chart that like no. friends have to check the list so <laughs> no. that they're they're biggest, aware of what you told them? Your and I don't, run? and I hate it when
1: people cancel plans. Like, look, once oh, that's a big one. I know for that's me. a big one for you. That's oh. why you and I get along. But look, there's certain things where it's like obviously kids sick, something happens. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. But if you're like this serial plan like canceller, you're not my friend. I can't. Like my life is entirely too busy to have someone be canceling plans on me. Like if I make plans for you for a Friday night, yeah, rest assured that I have like put shit in line. My kid's taken care of. Everyone's eaten. Like everything's happened in order for that night to go down.
0: You know, I, I agree. I mean, and you have a nanny, so you have a little more backup than I do, Yeah. but I don't get a lot of breaks. And if I have a break, you're on my calendar for probably a good three weeks and you better believe I'm counting the days until that night happens. Cause I'm really excited and looking forward to it. I can't even tell you how many times I've been canceled on like less than six hours before we're supposed to go it's just a bummer. Yeah, it's you know? a bummer. Uh, emergencies, sure. Emergencies, kid stuff. I mean, my gosh, my kid ends up in the ER, I feel like a lot. You know, there's always something going on. But other than that, you still have to be, you know, why can't you clear your calendar? What's going on with that?
1: So if we kind of like recap for people, I guess, from your experience and my experience on how to um, how to deal with conflict better or resolve conflict better. from me, from my professional standpoint, it would be Setting expectations up front professionally. If we're going to talk about things professionally, it's setting expectations up front. Understanding that the other person's time is valuable as well as your time. So if you're going to give someone your time, then you need to understand that 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 time is valuable to that person as well. And um, truly, like we talked about last week, truly trying to be open-minded and understand the other person's perspective and that their opinions of a situation is solely based upon their own version of reality. That's my three kind of takeaways.
0: On how to address conflict? Address and deal with, yeah. I would agree with all those. I mean, the only other thing I would add is when you are communicating, make sure you're effectively communicating because you could be talking and the other party could be not paying attention at all. You have to be able to judge who's paying attention and who's not. Just because I'm listening to you right now doesn't mean that I really am taking what you're saying in and I care. So you have to figure out a way to make sure that when you're talking, the person's really listening. And you're saying and you're using your words effectively.
1: Right. You're saying what you, what, you mean, what you say and say what you mean. Yeah, I've said that before. That. Right. Yeah. So and that's that's what my other friend, Lisa, says. And she's correct. Right. Don't say something that you don't mean like you, sometimes you can't beat around the bush. Sometimes you have to be very direct. Like I'm very unhappy about X, Y and Z. And I'm not trying to berate you about it, but we need to talk about it. So I need your undivided attention. Right.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, you're focusing on the best way to get that person's attention and and make them listen. And then the only other thing I would say is to add to that my comment about, you know, look at don't just focus on one tree, you know, see the see the forest through the trees. You know, look at it from a global perspective. Don't obsess or focus on one particular issue when there's other things that complicate the problem and you need to focus on everything and then realize sometimes maybe that you're not going to resolve
1: the conflict and maybe it is best to walk away.
0: It is best to walk away. Right? There's That's, that scenarios too. Absolutely. We didn't even talk about that, but yeah, you have to know when to just fold, Yeah. you know, and say, okay, let's move on to something else or stop whatever you're, you're dealing with. But I think these are helpful tips for all the issues going on right now with, you know, chaos you know, we're confidently dealing with all of this chaos that's going on. And I think there's going to be more chaos as we progress closer and closer into the school year. And then, you know, maybe some tips to help help you be a better and a successful person in your practice, whatever your
1: practice is. Well, I hope we have effectively communicated our thoughts today.
0: <laughs> Everyone stay healthy and stay grounded.